Welcome back. We begin another beautiful Derech Hashem week over here, coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailal of Summerton, Philadelphia. And uh, <coughs> we begin a new parak of Derech Hashem, the fourth section, Chelik Dalad, Parak Beis, Ais Aleph. We had last week the first parak to the fourth section, fourth and final section of the Sefer. We saw Ramchal gave us a brief overview of what the section is going to be about. He's going to be going through Avoida, Mitzvahs, Talmud Torah and telling us on a specific level exactly how all the different mitzvahs and uh, art and practice of Talmud Torah is allowing us to bring ourselves back to Rebbe bring the world back to Rebbe how that works specifically. He gave us different categories of mitzvahs, different categories of uh, subcategories, and now it's time for the details. So again, Perikalf, we got the generalities, we got the introduction, now we get into the specifics, and we see immediately Perik Beis is B'Talmud Torah on the topic of Talmud Torah. As Ramchal told us in the beginning of Perik Aleph, all of Avoida, all of our Avoida can be divided into two sections. One section was mitzvahs, and the other section was Torah. Torah was a, a category in a, of itself, separate from mitzvahs. It means it does something different than mitzvahs. We'll see right now something doing something higher than mitzvahs, something more powerful than mitzvahs, something more profound than mitzvahs. Let's see, Aleph. <clears throat> So we're going to learn now about the very topic of learning itself. Torah, what's Torah about? What's learning Torah all about? What's, what's, what's going on with that? So it says the Ramcha, Hine, the Talmud Torah, Uinian Mukroch. First of all, let's begin, says the Ramcha, by realizing and recognizing that Talmud Torah is something that has to be done either way. Even without Talmud Torah being... <clears throat> so this lofty practice, something that we're going to see shortly, is so high and sublime. Either way, we have to learn. Either way, we have to learn. Why? Talmud Torah is something which is necessarily uh, required of us because by the very fact that we have so many mitzvahs, and these mitzvahs come with a lot of halachas and a lot of instructions and a lot of conditions and um, details. So the only way you can do any mitzvah is by knowing the Torah behind that mitzvah, i.e. the instructions behind that mitzvah, the halachas behind that mitzvah, which is, which is learning Torah. So says the Ram Chau, he's pointing out something interesting. Even if Torah would not be a mitzvah in of itself, in, in other words, learning Torah would not be one of the 613, we would reduce it to 612, but the very fact that there are 612 mitzvahs already necessitates Torah study, albeit in a different form and function, but it, it would have necessitated Torah study even if it wouldn't have, Torah study would have been self-necessary and self-generating even without it being a separate mitzvah if only just to know the halachas behind all the mitzvahs. If he doesn't know what he's supposed to do and how he's supposed to do it, what his expectations are, how is he going to keep the Torah, keep the mitzvahs, if he doesn't know the halachas by the mitzvahs, and that's Torah. Good. So the Ramchal starts off by letting us know that on some level, Torah is something that we, Talmud Torah, learning Torah is something we would have needed to do anyway. So he's really asking a question. The question that he's asking is if the mitzvah, the, rather the necessity of the practice of learning Torah is already built in to Yiddishkeit itself in, in a necessary fashion just by virtue of the fact that 
you can't do any mitzvahs without learning the Torah of that mitzvah. You can't keep anything in halacha without knowing the, the dinim and, and the, the requirements behind every single mitzvah, which is all the halachas. So why do we need a separate mitzvah of Talmud Torah? We're going to be doing it anyway. We're going to be doing it anyway. And as, as with, with more precision, what the Ramachal is asking is, what is this new mitzvah of Talmud Torah? If, if the Rebbeinu gave us a separate mitzvah of learning, it must be something <clears throat> outside and beyond what I'm going to find myself doing anyway. And that sets us up, really, for the, the, the uh, paragraphs and the entire parak that is to come. The Ramachal's observation is that if, if the Rebbeinu gives me Talmud Torah as a separate mitzvah, it must mean that fundamentally... The, the mitzvah of learning Torah must be more than just knowing how to keep all the other mitzvahs. It must be that I'm learning not just to know, I'm learning Hilchus Natilas Nadayim, not just to know how to do Negovas or Natilas Nadayim before I eat bread. It must be I'm learning Hilchus Brachas, not just to know how to make Brachas. It must be I'm learning Mesechus Babakama, not just to know how to paskin on all the Babakama Shaivas. I'm learning Hilchus Basar Bechalov, not just to know what I can eat and what I can't eat, how to keep a kosher kitchen. Because if that's the only reason I'm learning, then again, we don't have to have Talmud Torah as a separate mitzvah. The requirement of learning is self-evident from all the other, from the very presence of all the other mitzvahs. If there's a mitzvah of Basar Bechalov, so you have to know how Hilchus Basar Bechalov. If there's a mitzvah, <coughs> excuse me, of um, keeping Shabbos, so obviously I have to know Hilchus Shabbos. There's a mitzvah not to wear shatnas, so I have to obviously know what shatnas and what's not shatnas. If the Torah is giving me a mitzvah of Talmud Torah as a separate mitzvah, it must mean there's something fundamentally different that is that is innovated over here. And nishadesh in this mitzvah of Talmud Torah, which goes way beyond just knowing the dinam halachas, precepts, and preconditions for all the mitzvahs. Salam rezeh. Amnam. Zulas kozeh yesh betalmud. <coughs> In addition, outside knowing all the halachas and the Torah of all the mitzvahs, there's another entirely different aspect and frontier in Tama Torah, and that is the, the act of learning is something that confers shleimus to us and, and, and brings us to a state of perfection a state of Devekus with Hashem, in a way that goes way beyond all the other mitzvahs. We mentioned this very, very briefly in the beginning of the Sefer, the first section, the fourth parak. Now that we're <coughs> properly in the discussions of our avoid, our mitzvahs, and how they work, now is the time to get into this topic proper. Okay, so the Ramchal is starting off this parak by telling us that there's two aspects to her. There's Lumod Amanas La'asos and Lumod Amanas Lumod. There's learning... For, uh, to keep to keep halachas and there's learning just to learn and there's got to be a concept of learning just for learning's sake because otherwise we would have, have a mitzvah and the learning for learning's sake as the Ramchal is telling us um, is something that contributes in, in a very 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 significant way to us achieving the, the goal and the purpose of our creation let's see base Amongst all the hashba, hashba means Hashem's bounty, Hashem's blessing, 
Hashem's energy that Hashem gives to the world, gives to the universe, maintains the universe. So from all the, the full range of that which Hashem is constantly radiating out to His universe, to His creations, to maintain them, there is one hashpa, one type of radiant, godly energy, bounty, and blessing that Hashem gives. The nature of this interface, interaction, and energy, again, that Hashem is giving is higher, loftier, more, much more um, grand than everything else that Hashem gives. The, the, the Hashem's blessings, Hashem's bounty. There is one type, so if we think like what are all the things that Hashem gives us, Hashem gives man. Hashem gives man, Hashem gives the universe to maintain mankind, to maintain the universe. Hashem is constantly giving, radiating blessing and bountifying so we would go through all the you know the, the range of things that Hashem gives so let's start with you know the most coarse the most basic the most grub and work our way up but I, what, what are the things that Hashem gives Hashem gives rain rain uh, is very important it's Hashem's blessing Hashem gives heat and light and energy from the sun Hashem gives Hashem gives blessing in the crops Hashem gives blessing in the food. Hashem gives everything. Hashem gives blessing to the economy. Hashem gives health. Right? Presidents. That could be blessing and bounty. Yes? Yes? So all these things are Hashem's coming from Hashem. And um, you know that Parnassa and health and peace and um, economic stability and happiness and um, good 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 um, good weather good growing conditions all these things are, 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 are things that Hashem gives there's one thing that Hashem gives as well that is Life, you know, life. Hashem gives life, right? Life, health. All these things are gifts that come from Hashem, blessing and bounty that comes from Hashem. But there's one item that also comes radiating out from Hashem that Hashem gives constantly to the Bria. Hashem interfaces through the Bria with. And that is above everything else, and it's above everything else in that, Ramchal just said, it is delicate sub- subject matter over here. Big ideas that have to be expressed in delicate terms. Um, Hashem gives something that is the closest that you can possibly get in a world that's outside of Hashem to Hashem Himself, to Hashem's own etzim existence. It means everything that we can think of, which is, you know, bounty and blessing. Life is bounty and blessing. You know, it's being alive. Degrees in life, good health, parnasa. You know, when the Nasati Geshmechem Bi'itam, it rains in the right time of the year, it rains in the right measure, not too much, not too little. The seasons work the right way, not too hot, not too cold. Your hometown wins the uh, wins the competition, right? All these things, this is a blessing, right? Right, Ramosha? It's a blessing. 
That's a blessing. Um, these are all blessings, but they're like earthly blessings. They're earthly blessings. Um, Um, you find so many different psukim that talk about Hashem's blessing and bounty is described in Artsichem. These are earthly blessings, things that are down here. And of course they're coming from Hashem, but it's you know the the even when it's precipitation, that's precipitation of blessing, but it's precipitation that's coming in a very watered down fashion. Thank you. Okay, all right, let's, let's go on. Zakdiram um, Chal, there's another type of blessing and bounty that. Um, uh, another type of blessing and bounty that is not earthly at all. It's way above all the earthly blessings. Even even life to a degree is something that's still you know earthlyish. Um, health have to do with with a physical body that's down here. There's a shefa hashpa energy and bounty that Hashem gives, which is actually much higher up, much more sublime. Not. Um, something that can be termed as earthly. And not only that, it's the closest thing that we can possibly get to the existence of Hashem Himself. Now, obviously, if we would... The ultimate blessing, the ultimate bounty, is when we're at one with Hashem. Now, Hashem is the ultimate source of perfection. Hashem is perfection. Hashem is shleimus. We harks all the way back to the beginning of the Sefer. Hashem is shleimus incarnate. Hashem is... The bastion, the epitome of wholesomeness, of shlemus, of perfection. If we could be mamish at one with Hashem, we have total perfection, and that's total um, fulfillment for us for eternity. The closer that we get in receiving Hashem's blessing, which is closer to Hashem's ultimate existence, the more we're getting to that ultimate fulfillment. So again, let, let's let's just digest these ideas. It's not just um, that Hashem gives a blessing, and blessing is nice because, hey, it's more money in my bank account, it's good weather, it's good crops. These things are, are good because they are slices of Hashem's shleimus. That's why Nasati Gishmechem Bi'itam is good because it's a slice of Hashem's shleimus. Um, the trees of the field will give their fruits. That's good for us because it's a slice of Hashem's shleimus, right? Good health is good, and something we enjoy, because it's an aspect, it's a little slice of Hashem's own shleimus, because it's coming from Hashem's shleimus. Um, the closer that we get to the essence of Hashem himself, Hashem's shleimus in its purest, undiluted, unwatered-down form, the closer we're getting to that ultimate fulfillment and ultimate satisfaction and ultimate um, growth, and there is one, therefore, says the Ramchal, one hashpa, one concept and construct that Hashem made within, with which He interfaces with this world. He's mashpi on this world, which is higher than all the other radiances and bounties and blessings, and that it's as close as you can get to Hashem Himself. 
Um, we go on. Vikaru malam me'ein amitas ma'ilosi is barach. The hashpa itself, the energy itself, is as close as you can get to Hashem without being Hashem. And it's level, it's madrega that it raises us to, therefore, is <clears throat> one that's unique in that it raises us as much as is humanly possible to be raised to the level of Hashem himself. That is that which Hashem has distributed his own glory, his own grandeur, a bit of Hashem himself to the to his creations. There is something that Hashem put together that comes the closest to Hashem sharing his own self, his own essence, not just something that, which is, like we said, a very diluted, very, very... Um, uh, um, evolved form of Hashem Shefa, which is everything else that we mentioned. No, something that is mamish, right by the Rebbein Shalom, his own, is an aspect of he himself, his own covet, his own glory, his own grandeur, not just Hashem's grandeur, after it goes through so many iterations, it comes down here in the form of rain. It goes through so many iterations, it comes down here in the form of health or peace, etc. No, there's something that's Hashem's essence itself. nivra. <laughs> In creating the world, created this very interface, created something through which he can, so to speak, manifest in something which is this idea of as close as possible to the Rebbeinu's own essence, Hashem's own grandeur, and 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 shleimus. Who had Torah? So what we've been talking about this whole time. As the Olam realized, that this, this is what this prayer is all about, we're talking about Torah. So this is what Torah is. Michal just gave us a definition of Torah. A definition of Torah. So Torah, not just about godly wisdom and um, Hashem's, Hashem's roadmap, or Hashem's uh, um, you know, rules for a happy life. It's not a roadmap. It's not guidance. It's not, you know, a cosmic GPS system. It's not how to live, the how-to book of how to live life in the best way possible. The ultimate definition of what Torah is, is something that's in existence that comes as close as possible to the source of existence, that represents as best as possible the, the, the step right before existence. Something within the finite, that is as close to the infinite as possible. Something that's just the the slightest margin of removal. Remove from Rebbein Shalom, but remove from the Rebbein that's what Torah is. The Torah is <clears throat> HaKadosh Baruch Hu, taking himself one step into cre- his own creation. Okay, everybody got that? So there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu and there's creation. Creation is not Hashem and Hashem is not creation. Creation is something finite outside of Hashem. Even though it looks to us like it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Eventually there's an end somewhere, right? Got to end somewhere, creation, because it's not infinite. There's Hashem, there's creation. And creation results in uh, so many things that are so removed, so distant, so far away from the Rebbeinah Shalom. That's what creation is, because creation just keeps going and going and going, distancing itself from God. Torah is, you have Hashem, you have creation, 
Torah is something that has been created and is within creation, but it's as tight of a fit, as snugly wrapped around the Rebbeinu so to speak, as possible. It is one level, one layer, one nanomolecule away from the infinite kaviyochel, whatever that means. That's a concept that's kind of hard to conceptually wrap our heads around because Hashem doesn't have any kind of outline to wrap himself around. Hashem doesn't have any existence that we can say the Torah is, is the outline of that existence. But in Lambdas, that's what Torah is. In Lambdas, at its etzim nature, Torah is something that's, that is one nano ruchni particle away from the Rebbeinu Shalem, right around the Rebbeinu Shalem. As snug of a fit as possible. Another way of describing Torah is, you know, we would get clothes, clothing, a wardrobe that's made for us that's custom tailored to fit us to a T. Never had anything that fit exactly like this, you know, my entire wardrobe from head to toe. From, from my, from my um, Air Jordans to my beanie, right? It was custom designed, mamish for me. Every aspect of this wardrobe, and it fits me like a like a glove, but like a customized glove. That wardrobe to us is the Torah to the Rebbeinu. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. As far as talk about this concept, that Torah is the lavush of Hashem, the Balatanya uses this, this, this nusach, it's, it's the Hashem's wardrobe, Hashem's garments. We find the same exact thing the Ramchal, just he's saying it in different terms, it's the same idea. What does it mean that it's Hashem's lavush? It means, my, my lavush is, again, when it's a custom-made lavush, which, you know, back in the day, all, all, all clothing was custom-made, right? In the Balatania's time, you couldn't, didn't, didn't have uh, J.C. Penny to go shopping in, right? Arthur, no, no J.C. Penny's to get um, nice shirts and slacks over there. Not by the Balatania, no, there's no J.C. Penney during the Balatania. It's before they, not only before they closed down, before they opened, before they closed, right? So, um, you got it, you want to close, you had to go to the tailor, the Schneider, and the Schneider would, would uh, measure you and he would make your clothes for you. Mm-hmm. The idea of the Torah being Hashem's lavush is it, it exactly fits the shape of Hashem, so to speak. It exactly clings to Hashem, snugly, tightly, like a glove. But it's not mamish Hashem, but it exactly mimics Hashem. It's as close as you can get to Hashem. I want to know, so to speak, the outline of God, the shape of God, so to speak. Again, we have to. These are we're saying all of this with a with 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 a lot of caution, with a tremendous caveat, because Hashem doesn't have a shape. Hashem doesn't have an outline. Yes, so that, that's part of the mind bender over here. Is how can Torah be something that's right outside of Hashem if there is no outside of Hashem? That clings to Hashem's. Misgeres. Hashem doesn't have a misgeres. Good, that's not for now. But that's what Torah is. That's what Torah is. And this is as opposed to mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are not a lavush of Hashem. Mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs, the 612 mitzvahs, are at, at the end of many, many iterations. Hashem, there's Hashem and Hashem's activities and Hashem's radi- radiant energy radiating out, and, you know, that results in a mitzvah over here, a mitzvah over here, a mitzvah over there. But a mitzvah is never 
one nano ruchni particle removed from the rebite shul. That's not what mitzvahs are. Mitzvahs have to do with with um, items and objects down here, right? The mitzvah don't don't plant kilaim, don't plant grapes and wheat together. So this is Hashem's energy as it shows up in the grapes and as it shows up in the wheat. Torah, although Torah talks about the grapes and the wheat, but the ultimate source of Torah is that lavush, so to speak, the garb of the Creator Himself. It's it's all the way up there. So that's what we see immediately. Torah is fundamentally different than all other mitzvahs. And this is a lot to think about, a lot to digest. So we're going to stop over here. I'm going to stop over here. I think that's a very wise idea. Let's let's you know let this roll around a little bit. We will continue with this tomorrow. And everyone should have a wonderful today. Okay.